Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, we're going to talk to the leaders out there who hold on to things a little too tightly and don't leverage enough, maybe don't work with their executive assistants and force multipliers and chiefs of staff as effectively as they could. Bottom line, leaders who are listening to this, you need to let go so that you can actually lead. So picture this, a CEO and an executive assistant walk into an office. The executive assistant says, what can I take off your plate today? I've reviewed your emails and I see that there are eight that I can address for you. The CEO says, no, no, I'll get to those. I need to give them specific info and they like to hear from me anyway. The executive assistant says, all right, I can draft something for your review and you can approve before they are sent. The CEO says, no, no, I've got it. The executive assistant says, while you're answering those emails, I'll start prepping the slide deck for your keynote speech next month. What's the main point you want to convey? And then I'll draft the rest. The CEO says, I know what I want it to look like and I know how I want it to flow. So I'll draft it this weekend. The executive assistant returns to their desk. The CEO goes into their office. Three days pass. The emails are still sitting there. There's no pitch deck drafted. The CEO feels flustered and behind. The executive assistant feels helpless and exasperated. And this cycle continues for 10 more weeks. The highly qualified EA leaves. The CEO contacts HR to start the hiring process again. So no, this is not a joke. As an employee, it's not fun to be underutilized and undervalued. It can lead to resentment, boredom, feeling unfulfilled, and possibly leaving for a more challenging and engaging opportunity. As a leader, it can be equally frustrating when you feel compelled to micromanage or you don't trust your team. That can also lead to resentment, withholding information, having unrealistic or unclear expectations for team members, and may possibly end in you firing an employee for underperformance. If you're in a leadership position, then chances are you want or are being called upon to lead. When you micromanage, withhold information, and generally control everything, whether intentional or not, you are limiting your ability to actually do your job as a leader. If you're in the weeds, paying attention to minutia and working on projects and tasks that your employee was hired to do and can actually do better than you, then you're not holding up your end of the bargain for your leadership position. So you actually need to let go in order to lead. This is particularly true when you think about the strategic business partnership between an executive and their force multiplier, their EA or their chief of staff. Leaders, you have to let go in order to actually lead. This is particularly true when we think about the strategic business partnership between an executive assistant and their force multiplier, their EA or chief of staff. The reason you've hired and partnered with a force multiplier is to be able to leverage pieces of your job so that you can focus on your top priorities, passing vision, providing clarity, focus, and direction, and making quality decisions. Aside from that, your job is to succeed through your team, coach them, hold them accountable, and keep growing together. When you dive back into your calendar and your emails, or when you insist on reviewing every social media post, or you won't delegate reporting, presentation prep, event planning, hiring, content creation, well, you're doing someone else's job, not your own. Believe me, someone else can do it better than you. So let's take a look at some of the signs of micromanagement. Micromanagement looks a little bit different for every leader, but here are some signs that you are a micromanager or that you are working with one. Asking to be CC'd on every email. Constantly asking for updates. Needing to approve every task or decision. Wanting to know what each team member is working on at all times. Delegating not only what needs to be done, but how it should be done. Not delegating often or at all. 
getting lost in the details and forgetting about the big picture, overcomplicating instructions and assignments, which leads to team member confusion, or the leader just taking back the project because no one understands how to do it, never being satisfied with the deliverables, getting excessively involved with the work assigned to others, which means they are often overloaded by taking on too much and too much of other people's work, withholding information or not providing enough information or context to allow other people to participate in a project or decision. Leaders micromanage for a lot of different reasons, but micromanagement often happens when a leader feels the need to personally control and monitor anything in a team situation or place to an extreme degree or what may be considered excessive for a healthy working relationship. So here are several reasons why leaders micromanage. One, if a leader was recently promoted, they may feel more comfortable doing their old job rather than overseeing employees who now do that job. Two, it may be that it's their first time working with an executive assistant or chief of staff, and they don't know how to actually partner with that team member effectively. They are afraid the work won't get done the way they want or won't be up to their standards and expectations. Three, they are afraid the work won't get done the way they want or won't be up to their standards and expectations. Four, they fear losing significance. After all, if the chief of staff or EA is assisting them with half of their job, then what do they do now? Five, they are afraid their team members will make a mistake and it will adversely affect their hard-earned reputation or adversely affect the team or company in some way. Six, they are distracting themselves, whether from a hard conversation or more challenging project. So they procrastinate by getting stuck in the minutia and being extra controlling over other people's work. Seven, they believe they are the only ones who can handle certain stakeholders' decisions or project deliverables. Eight, they don't trust their team. Nine, they don't think they have the right force multiplier working with them and are hesitant to hand off certain projects. Ten, they want to prove their value to themselves and others, and controlling everything makes them feel valuable. But is there ever a time when micromanaging makes sense? The short answer is yes. Leadership is not black and white. There are many nuances and exceptions to almost every rule. Contrary to popular belief, there are times when micromanaging does make sense. Not all micromanagement has to do with underperformance or lack of competency by an employee, nor does all micromanagement have to do with the leader's diminisher-style leadership. If you want to find out more about the accidental diminisher leadership style, you can check out our blog. Businesses are constantly changing and evolving, and different times or different initiatives call for more micromanagement than others. I use micromanagement loosely there. In other cases, it's not about who is right or wrong. It's about what is best for the business. The key to making it all work is communication. If you know you're going to go into a period of micromanagement with your chief of staff or leadership team, then let them know it's coming and why. So here are a few examples when micromanaging might make sense. During the first 90 days of employment for a new employee, you don't know what your new team member is capable yet. You're still feeling each other out. You're learning each other's communication and work styles and learning to trust that when they say they're going to do things, that they're actually going to get them done. They are still learning the role, how you expect things to get done, and the type of communication that works for you. Trust is earned, and as a leader, you have to extend some benefit of the doubt, too. It's a two-way street. Regardless, by the end of the 90 days, you want to be comfortable with and confident that they will deliver. And your new employees should be chomping at the bit to take on more and more. But as I mentioned above, this process should be communicated and your new EA or your new chief of staff should know that it's a 90-day period of training, learning, letting go, and yes, there'll be some micromanagement along the way. Micromanagement may also be necessary or may make sense during uncertain times or when there are really big changes happening. 
The recent global pandemic is a perfect example of when leaders were likely micromanaging their teams. They, they kind of had to. This was an unprecedented event and leaders needed to step in and inspect everything that was going on. What expenses needed to be cut, what policies needed to be created, what divisions or products would be discontinued and which ones would ramp up. How are employees doing? How are employees going to work? So too, if a company's revenue numbers are declining, their market position is dropping significantly, or there is a major reputational hurdle to overcome, a leader may need to micromanage things for a little while. They might really get into the weeds on a news release that is going out, or a website change, or how communication to a particular stakeholder is handled. When big changes are needed, a leader will likely go small and focus on the details. That's when a wartime leader is required in micromanaging though temporary, becomes necessary. Another time when micromanaging may happen or may be called for is when a new company or a new division is created. As I work closely with the founder and he's always going to be a little bit more involved in the first 12 months or so of a new company. Yes, we hire other leaders to run the day-to-day, but he needs to ensure that his vision is really clear and that they are executing on particular deliverables. Not to mention that they are likely new to the company, so the first 90-day rule applies here as well. Again, it's temporary, and it should be clearly communicated up front. As the company gets off the ground and the new leadership team member earns his trust and starts showing him the results, he begins to let go and then let go some more. And finally, when specific high-impact projects require the leader's constant attention or feedback, they may micromanage a little bit. There are also times in the life cycle of a business when a leader just needs to be more involved and maybe involved constantly. If it's a new product that's about to be launched or if the legal team is in the middle of an M&A negotiation, then a leader may require hourly updates. Is it micromanaging? Sure, you can call it that, but it's also what the business needs at that moment in order to make real-time decisions. So how do leaders learn to let go? That's the big question here. How do they actually let go so that they can do what they were hired to do, which is a lead? This is particularly applicable to a leader's force multiplier. A force multiplier is hired to be a business partner to their executive. If a leader won't give up some control, then their force multiplier is not going to be able to do their job to the best of their ability. Furthermore, the entire organization may end up being held back because the leader is not spending time on their most important activities, deciding instead to get involved in other people's work. So here are five ways that leaders can start letting go so that they can actually lead. Number one, work on their own personal and professional growth. In short, executives need to become better leaders in order to really be able to let go. So what does that mean? Well, it means letting go of the ego that tells them that they can do it better, that they are right, that they need to be involved in everything in order to prove their worth. It means continuing to grow and take on larger projects, new business developments, or simply taking time to think, plan, and reflect and learn in order to stay 10 steps ahead of their team and of the competition. And finally, it means becoming comfortable with letting go of the outcome. If you are building a company of any size, you need people, especially an EA or chief of staff. They're going to make mistakes. So will you. You will all learn and grow from them, knowing that you, the real you, is still going to be okay regardless of the outcome is the ultimate letting go. It's the ultimate surrender. Keep working on peeling back the layers and your micromanaging tendencies will start to disappear. Number two, delegate decision-making. This is a simple way to build trust and confidence in your force multiplier. Start small decisions that have little impact or aren't as important to you. Build from there. 
set parameters around your calendar, around spending, or around what type of communications require your approval. Otherwise, delegate the authority and decision-making power to your force multiplier. Believe me, you will both appreciate it. Number three, create a structure around reporting and regular updates. There is nothing wrong with leaders wanting to be informed. It's the unexpected and frequent requests for information or updates that can drive employees crazy. Set it and forget it. Proactively decide what information you would like to see and when, and then delegate that out to your force multiplier or another team member. You're still going to get what you want without them feeling micromanaged, and everyone will be on the same page. Number four, schedule regular meetings with key team members. This is kind of similar to the concept of reporting, making sure that you have at least one weekly one-on-one meeting with your force multiplier and any other key stakeholders or direct reports in your company is really important. During that time, you should be able to go over other priorities, new projects, make decisions, and answer any questions. Then those team members can go forth and execute, and you can go forth and lead. And number five, provide more clarity and context through communication and coaching. An important part of a leader's role is to coach and train their employees to become leaders too. It's even more important to teach your force multiplier how to think and communicate like you do to be an even more valuable extension of you. When leaders put in the time to clearly communicate their expectations, provide context about a particular issue, and then coach their team along the way, they are going to end up doing a lot less micromanaging and they're going to be much more comfortable letting go. But it does require the investment into your force multiplier and other team members. If you're unwilling to spend the time coaching and communicating, then you're only going to be doing a disservice to both of you. You will continue to lack the leverage that you want and your force multiplier and your other team members will continue to feel underutilized. Leaders provide clarity and teach their team. Believe me, it will provide a 10x return on your time and energy when you do this. So I encourage you to take some time to really look at yourself and reflect on whether or not you are a micromanager. This doesn't just apply to the leaders or the founders or the CEOs of the companies. Force multipliers who are listening to this, check yourself too and see if you're micromanaging other team members. If you're a chief of staff, are you working closely with an EA? Are you micromanaging them? Facing the hard truth and accepting where you can improve is the sign of a great leader. And the good news is you can learn to stop micromanaging, let go of control, and truly leverage to your force multiplier and actually lead. Leadership is inherently hard. Don't make it even more difficult for yourself or your team by micromanaging. Learn to let go and do what you are meant to do. Leave.